0: I got a, uh, speaking of picks, one year for my parents, I got a a pick punch. You know the pick punch?
1: I've heard of the pick punch. So
0: it looks like a stapler, and then it's got a hole in it, the shape of a pick. And you can put any credit cards or any kind of plastic or pretty much any material through it and slam it down, and it cuts out picks. I think with a credit card, you can probably get like four picks out of it, three, four picks. Did did you use it? Oh man, I've got thousands of pics now in just like a jar. Yeah, because you get bored and you're like sitting in front of the TV. And like,
1: what else are you gonna do? Yeah. other than manufacture
0: some pics, watching that <laughs> Game of Thrones, and making money at the same time. <laughs> so a lot of them have you know personal information on them. You know, parts of my, uh, you know, uh, healthcare ID numbers and things like that.
1: What's your social? Last five year your beep, credit beep, card. Beep,
0: beep, beep. Can we so, be- can so we is this stuff a, is this a podcast now. This is it. This is all we really have to do.
1: Hey, welcome to to the Gear Honks podcast. We're we're your hosts. I'm Uncle Hank, and I'm Dave, and we're gonna talk about some gear stuff and some stuff stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: already started. We're drinking Grolsch.
0: Yeah this this podcast is sponsored by Grolsch. Um, the reason we thought this was an appropriate uh, beer is because you can actually remove the little rubber ring, and you can put it around your um your strap pin, and it'll keep your uh, strap-on, if you like to leave your strap on, you Your strap-ons? Strap-ons, yeah.
1: That's, that is, that's a great tip. I feel like that's one of those sort of like rock and roll history tips that everyone knows about, but I think you use it, right? I, you do that I, on yeah, your your Yeah, both of my
0: vintage basses have rubber rings holding the strap-on, so it's really, I don't know, I've never had an issue, and I mean, I don't jump around on stage too much or anything, but. Never really You're out. an animated bassist. I like to move you're around. Out. I'm feeling it, but I definitely not uh definitely not trying to like jump. I'm not trying to lift my feet off the ground anymore. I think I'm past <laughs> that age.
1: You I'd say you're you're a pocket you're a pocket bass player, but yeah. I would say they're like jinko pockets. They're real big. They're big and baggy. It's deep
0: pocket. <laughs> With those You big... know,
1: I was think to not to to go away from your vintage bases. No. that we should talk about, but yeah. uh these Grosh things Joe Bonamassa Everyone's favorite Love internet guitar player and just blues man sells these. Some it's I don't I don't know if he's actually made any changes or not, but I know that it's possible to buy basically Joe Bonamassa signature series signature grill things. Which I, I mean, mean,
0: if if anyone ever had an idea of selling these things, you know that's because you get to drink the beer and then you just save the thing and then and you, you stamp save. your name into it and you sell it.
1: I mean, it's yours. You bought it.
0: They don't say Grolsch. Them. Do
1: what you want. They're your oats.
0: Well, so Fender, I, he should sue Fender because I don't know when they came out with it, but they sell four packs of these now.
1: Fender, not the Grolsch. Oh. Not the beer included. Like the four, the four pack of four,
0: Grolsch. Four rings, and it's like nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. 99 You can look them up right now. You it's can cheaper get, to buy the four pack of Grolsch. It's cheaper to buy the four pack of Grolsch, and you get to drink the beer. Where, where Fender's like, maybe it's for under 21. You know, maybe that's their angle. I don't know what their demographic is, but it's definitely not dad's. It's not Dad's playing rock and roll. I think we started strong with the pick conversation actually. That was a bit that was a good start. I mean, why I don't know when I press record? That's a, I saw it start to move and I was oh, like, you did. Oh, I guess we're I guess we're, we're going live. now.
1: So so what are we what are we here today to talk about? What's do, do I feel like we have something that that's on our minds and we thought that might be worth Yeah. chattering about on the on the internet.
0: Yeah. Um let's bring up our notes cuz this is our first episode. We do have notes. Which uh, I, I like. I like having notes, but I also like to just let it fly. So maybe we'll go off on some t- you know what I, How about too. change of
1: course? Okay. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. I think we need to warm up a little bit.
0: Yeah. I
1: think it's time to talk about a piece of gear that we like. Ooh. And okay. and, and maybe it's maybe it's something that and I feel like maybe I'm putting you on a spot a little yeah, bit here with sure. this. But maybe it's something that you know you just it's courtier sound something you're stoked about right now something that yeah. you heard about is there is there like a is there a piece of gear on your mind?
0: Um. You know, yeah, it's, well, you just recently repaired my bass micro synth, ah, yes, uh, electro harmonics bass micro synth. I believe it's a nineties reissue, but I'm not, not entirely sure. In the, in the sweet
1: sliding wooden box.
0: Yeah. It came with the wooden box that is, if you hold it the wrong way, you will drop your pedal <laughs> on the ground. Uh, it's almost happened to me many times, um, but it's a nifty box. I can't throw out the box. They come with that thing. Never throw
1: out the box anyway. Okay. Side Whoa. conversation.
0: Do you throw out the box? Never throw out the box. Where do you keep all those boxes? Dude,
1: You well, first of all, there's this closet in here. <laughs> that's mostly the gearbox. And once that gets full. You've never seen my back porch. No. That is that is rife with Lego boxes.
0: Well, maybe we'll. Uh, but dude, li- wait, hold on. Maybe Let, we'll post a on. picture of the closet with all the boxes for our Instagram. I don't know. That's embarrassing for me. But <laughs> the Let you get other things the, out of the way. The
1: thing me. is, is we're both, we're both such gear flippers well okay that you know that when you sell something with the box especially if you have to go 100%. evil bay reverb yeah. People... not not say that the reverb is evil i'm not saying that at all but no, ebay is it's a fun thing though. i like reverb mm-hmm. uh you get you get you can you can ask more and and in my experience you get more when when you have it with the original box
0: i agree um i don't you know I, the pedals i have on my board um i'm not a pedal guy i've never been i've always been um with bass I've always just been to plug it right into the amp and go. And I figure you can get a lot of tone from your hands, a lot of tone from the amp. All right, guy. I know. I'm I'm not I'm not that bad, but I've got like three pedals on my board. I've got a, you know, the Boss tuner. I've got a Boss uh, overdrive, the OD B3. Sounds lovely. And then uh now the micro synth which you you helped me fix. And um yeah, I don't, all those things except for that wooden box, the wooden, you know, micro synth box. I guess I lost those long long time ago, you know. You uh, lost. Well, that's fair. Throw them I mean, out. I mean, I just knew I was going to keep them. You know, I none really... of us
1: kept our NES boxes for the. For the I'm kind of that. Things. Yeah, I'm that generation. But in, don't you wish you had now? Because uh, the old um, MFers, are worth a pretty penny these days. Yeah, with the original box.
0: That's what's that's what's interesting. You never, in hindsight, you're always like, "Shouldn't have thrown that out." I mean, at least we totally. weren't, you know, alive in the '70s when people were like throwing fenders and you know dumpsters things oh, like that and God then they're like wish. like man i traded that thing for like a six pack of beer like a ride to ohio
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotta visit that rock and roll hall of fame exactly
0: just you know through a 65 strat away or something like that all right
1: but wait so before yeah. we get too far away from the micro sin yeah let's talk about what the do you micro-syn. what do you what do you what do you like to use it for what do so you do with
0: it? well that's the thing um you know i've never actually recorded it um i don't i don't think i've ever actually used it in the studio i think we used it for guitar once on like a blaine fonda record but um, other than that, I kind of like to just experiment with it, jam, you know, maybe if it's a slow day, uh, if the guitar player doesn't show up and it's like just hanging out with the drummer, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great pedal to use for just kind of like add some funkiness, add some, uh, little envelope filter, yeah, little overdrive. Dude, you know, that little
1: envelope is so much fun. I'd never really spent much time yeah. with the micro synth or bass micro synth mm-hmm. and, and when, and just playing it with guitar, yeah. you know, you can do some cool stuff with the square wave and. The sub octave and that sort of stuff. That's all fine. I've I've done that, but I've never had a pedal where I could so deeply control the envelope. And I know that there is like a mo a Mo-Grafogra that has an em- there's yeah like an envelope filter. What, well, anyways, or it's sort of like an envelope filter, but you can do some interesting stuff with the trigger, mm-hmm. the the start and the stop, yeah. where the ramp goes, and and just like leaving the clean guitar signal going through, but then using that on you know what's it, like higher up the neck chords and that sort of thing, just like that that little. I want one now. I officially, yeah, I, officially I figured want you one would. Now. You it's, know, I was, I was I was wondering when I lent cured.
0: it to you because you had it for like a week. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if he actually sat down and played it. And then I'm like, well, it's Henry. Of course, he sat down and played it.
1: It took me a little longer than I would have liked,
0: but yeah, it,
1: it, it, I was like, all right, was it
0: staring at you from across the room. I just left it in the hallway <laughs> so
1: I would never not see it. Yeah. <laughs> and if I was like, all right, I'm just gonna I'm crack this, so because you know, when you're if you're ever trying to repair anything and you don't necessarily know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. and I'm by no means an expert pedal repairer, I just have made some. Yeah. Uh, I was a little nervous. It's a, you know, I was like, pr- I talked a pretty big game mm-hmm. saying like, Oh, I could definitely repair this for you. Totally. But like, I didn't know what I was going to find. And then sure. it turned out to be a really simple. Fix yeah, and I was I like, could... Hey, if you open
0: it up and anything looks weird, just, just <laughs> screw it back together and put it back. No, I, yeah, it was uh what did you say it was? It was the, basically
1: uh, just a disconnected wire to the foot switch. Yeah.
0: Which... So the foot switch was only engaging. Um, it was either all on or it would go kill switch basically. And so, yeah, if, if anybody has that issue out there, um, yeah, that's gonna be was. a real
1: simple solder, and yeah. and I this is what the point of this discussion where I would like to kind of complain about one thing about the pedal, which is yeah. the stupid on-off power switch. I know, different than the on-off foot switch
0: mm-hmm. with one light with controlling one light. It all. So, so you don't know if
1: it's really you know on. when the pedal is powered, mm-hmm. but you don't know if the effect is on or off. You have no and, idea, and. That just that just seems like a, it seems strange. a strange idea. To I was
0: telling you I think it would be neat if we could install another light somehow without having to like hurt the casing. Obviously I wouldn't drill a hole in that thing, but I would love to have like a blue light that turns on when it's engaged or, you know, however blue, you want. Blue
1: lights are nice. I I think I think there's some pedal companies that charge a lot more for the blue light. Uh,
0: okay, orange. Uh you know, another red one would even be fine with me actually.
1: Just like a, a yeah, an orange. Just a duplicate keep it one. keep it as similar as you can so we make it harder on yourself. Yeah. You know.
0: Put them really close together. Um That's a fun pedal though. You know what I love about it? We actually used this in a recording one time on guitar where the guitar player was doing a solo and we were taking the start-stop frequency and you started with the start all the way at the top, stop at the very bottom, and then you move them closer together till they meet in the middle and then you pass them up and then the the stop goes to the top, like during the solo. So it happened live. It sounded fantastic. It does that cool like, like that kind of sucking.
1: I, I need to listen to some Blaine Fonda recordings to yeah, hear the solo. I think
0: we put Dan Lou on one of those. Um I used it. It was an old trick. I've actually I did that a long time ago at a, at my buddy Johnny's studio down in the basement of uh of my old employment. So he had a shout whole... out
1: to, to, to Dan Lou, China yeah. Dan, China Dad.
0: Yeah, hey Dan. Uh hey Johnny if you're listening. Um Love you guys. We gotta get you on the show.
1: Rippin'. I've got a I've got a thing that I've been a new a new piece of gear I've been digging lately. What do you got? Well, you've seen it. It's the in an, an experience. It's that new Boss MS3 Switcher slash Multi Effect.
0: Yeah, made. tell me what your favorite thing about that. Is. Oh man, it's it's.
1: I feel like I'm maybe about a year late to the game on this one, I, and 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 of course I feel necessary for for my own gear ego to get out of the way that I used to hate Boss pedals and I thought they were lame and blah 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 and sold all the ones that I had and then as I got older and much smarter I realized how amazing a lot of Boss stuff actually is and this thing is just so cool. It has all the Boss sort of like GT series multi effects Mm -hmm. so really for me that means I'm going to use their delays and reverbs because they're awesome. Uh, And then also it has three analog loops meaning I can put any three or three pedals or combinations of pedals, which is in fact, actually how I do it. Uh, and keep those out of my, wow. out of my path while, uh, switching them all on and off together, setting up scenes so you can just press one button and switch a whole bunch of cool. things on and off. It's, you know, I, it's, it's really, it's really been wonderful in terms of keeping my board small while mm. giving me the access to all the the fun effects and stuff that I really want. And even yeah. we're, we're jamming, uh, i used to be as you know i mean I'm, I'm a pedal guy i love pedals don't get me wrong I've, I've i've kind of turned my nose up at multi-effects for most of my life but this thing it's really changed the way i see my my effects and my pedals it's the, the I, I don't know if you remember so little little backstory dave and i used to play, and still do but used to play in a band together uh called volcanoes make islands and and my pedal book pedal board got pretty out of control yeah. <laughs> in fact I remember getting the biggest size
0: pedal train one that came in a flight case and like who and, wants and, to help me carry some gear out oh, to the car man.
1: Brad when Brad the bandmate co songwriter best hunk bud uh, saw that for the first time I just saw a look just sweep over his face <laughs> and he was so pissed he was like he literally goes that thing's not going I in my I love how they're car. like um,
0: it's FAA certified and then you're like but nobody's going to want to carry that I don't even think you can check that thing man
1: it was it was so obnoxious. It was really fun to have that much space, but I've I've since learned the errors in my ways and, and don't feel like carrying a giant thing like that or having that many pedals in
0: general. You know so, what's neat too about that board that you're talking about is the um, what's it called again? The boss MS3, yeah, uh, Boss MS3. If you just tuned in, that's the uh, pedal we're talking about. And um, oh, we're, we are live right now, by the way. Yeah, they, uh, we're live. across
1: the whole globe. Yeah, no
0: editing whatsoever. <laughs> um, but what I do like about that is you're not dancing all over the place either with your. You know, with all the pedals, you got to reach out to this one in the corner. So you can kind of, it's it's easier to kind of get back into the music. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I And this kind of goes into something that you and I were talking about just in like general buckets of effects. But I kind of treat it like I've got those three loops. And one of them, I just have all my like gain and boost and distortion type stuff. Uh, another one, I've got more like modulation stuff. Right now, I've got a tremolo. And the, uh, and the other one, I've got my Moog. Um, what is it? The 104M analog delay mm-hmm. which moga sounds absolutely amazing but then with those and then on top of all of the boss effects which i'm just using uh delays reverbs octave once in a while and then there's some cool stuff too you've got the slicer you can throw in you've got uh slow gear which is cool for that swelly type stuff what we're is the uh, about. what's the
0: slicer do specifically slicer
1: is know. a pattern-based super tremolo thing but okay. it, it kind of ch- you you can play a note and or a chord or whatever it is and it'll kind of chop it up and yeah i think it's 20 different rhythmic patterns oh cool um it's just like a super cool effect that you can't really get in anything else and oh, wow the actual pedal i think it's the sl20 is one of the double size boss pedals, so it's kind of a bigger bigger pedal it's, it's awesome and super yeah. cool but it's just like bonus now i have this in this like super affordable clean switcher that i can just throw in if i ever want to use yep. it i've got the what is it the es5 or whatever the two button foot switch is plugged into one of the control ports on it so that essentially gives me two whole other extra buttons of however i ever want to use them i've just got them for extra effects on each patch i can switch in and out do momentary stuff hold down like the terra echo and it does almost sort of like a freak out freeze electro harmonics freeze thing Mm.
0: can't have too many of those can't have no,
1: I can't. <laughs> but now on on a very small. I mean, my pedal board is not big. You you see it. It's yeah. just like a you know probably. I'm I mean, proud like of you, man. You've foot, really. Uh, you've I would guess it's way. 24 by 18.
0: You've come a long I, way.
1: I pack a lot with that and a volume pedal. A couple, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, did you ever uh, speaking of like multi effects? Did you ever own any of the uh, multi effects boards, especially like the ones from the 80s and 90s? Like those. I've really had cool I've had ones.
1: a few throughout the years. I, uh, my first sort of like mostly original music band, uh, my rig evolved to uh the boss gt6 wait
0: what year is this what are we talking about this here?
1: was oh i'm terrible like at this. i love the frame of reference uh least. probably 2001 two three because i like to think about and two. what music
0: was cool at that time
1: we were not cool <laughs> and my rig was a Boss GT6, yep. Epiphone Last Paul Custom, yeah, which I, I loved that guitar, into a Boss GT6, which was like the sort of gold multi-effect. There was a GT6B, if I recall correctly, for uh-huh. bass as well. Yeah, I believe so. Uh Into a Fender Stage 100, just clean, solid-state amp, just That's like into cool the yeah. effects loop of that. So I was basically just doing all the amp stuff in mm-hmm. the Boss, and mm-hmm. then that on top of um, a Marshall MG, sort of like their lower-end 4x12 cab. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So the fender head and the uh, Marshall cab, but it was kind
1: of it way. was not a head. It was a 100 watt combo. But for some reason, oh, I ran decided into an external. Also into this, yeah. I don't know why. I think it was just the gear. I sort of like. Did that bypass the speaker
0: on the fender, or did that? Uh, I was running both dual. Yeah, yeah dual was cats way going. too much
1: of that that Boss hey <laughs> GT6 pumping through. I mean, it was probably it felt cool at the time, sure. but uh, you know, it's it's a interesting rig for a teenager. That uh,
0: that digital distortion mm. from that Boss. I mean, you can't. It's it's there's a sound that just it can't be replicated anywhere else.
1: No, nor nor should it be. Uh-uh. But uh, <laughs> I've I mean I've owned many. I still have some some other boss. In fact, now that I'm I'm looking over at my pile pedals over there, the only two boss pedals I have that aren't that switcher are uh, over there, and they're both versions of the feedbacker. I've got the super feedbacker and distortion, and the feedbacker and booster, and those are both both distortion pedals, but they do crazy things. So but I, speaking of, I will say that would probably be the only kind of drawback to the boss thing, which they're perfectly usable in most instances, the d- different distortions and such that you yeah. get in the switcher. Not my cup of tea. Not, I've already got distortion pedals and boosts that I, I really like a lot. So that's why I just use those in one of the loops. But you could probably get away with using them. I would say you're going to be better off throwing distortion pedals, gain pedals, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff in those loops. Yeah. Is
0: there is there a pedal board on the market? that in your opinion it, everything sounds good on it or at least you know usable for maybe like a live
1: well i would say uh the thing t- directly to my left although i don't know if you can technically consider a pedal board the kemper i have this the pedal board right down here which those two things connected you can do absolutely everything it's so kind of insane tell us what a, it is
0: again that uh specific this is the kemper
1: profiler and it is um If not the best, one of the top two or three best, you can call it a modeler. They call it the profiler because it's not technically models, but it's basically all the amps and effects Mm. you could ever want in one box. And then I've got the MIDI foot controller on the ground for it that comes with it and can also use that as a looper and tuner. And I mean, it's a whole rig. It's not powered, so um, you would need a power amp and a speaker to hear it.
0: For folks who are tuned into our audio-only version of this podcast, um, if you've never seen one before and if you don't have access to Google it, it is a four-space rack, though, I must Three-space. Three-space? Three space. So it's a three-space rack um, running to a pedal board, which would be a little bit cumbersome probably to bring to a gig, right? Or I don't know. I mean, you, I guess Henry. it depends on, yeah, <laughs> if
1: you're used to bringing an Ampeg VT40 around or a Twin or That's whatever, true. this is going to be a walk in the park. That's true. Uh, but again, then you're relying on on the, the house PA never that's, that's a house whole PA other episode with guitar yeah that's own.
0: that'll be an episode 4 uh, so stick around and subscribe we're
1: going to we're going to hold ourselves to that episode 4 <laughs> speaking of episodes i think there was a thing that we we sort of hinted at wanting to to get into as the, as the the main topic oh interest
0: sure. we should have music like drum roll or something
1: i guess we are musicians right
0: yeah if this theme song isn't badass i don't know uh... I don't know what we're going to do. You
1: mean the theme song that already played at the beginning of this episode yeah. that we...
0: Yeah, guys, uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, comment if you like our theme song or not. Well... I you think you're supposed to say stuff like that when you're podcasting. I think
1: right? you're supposed to say, leave comments below yeah. and uh, tell us tell us what you think. Yeah, what are your what you feelings?
0: Think. Yeah, we love to read comments.
1: Hey, man, I just want to say this is fun. This yeah, is, this good, is this cool. Is, this is cool. All right. Hey. So anyways, we're going to talk about how to set up your practice space
0: oh i love this one isn't this a good one this will be tricky on audio we can try it uh but try to visualize
1: yeah well and and, and i mean there will be a component of that but i think the part of I, the conversation i'd like to have i mean we're going to get into the engineering part of it where it's the actual mechanics of i'll probably let it, you but take but I think most maybe of some that. like I, I think also what i'd like to talk about is, is kind of like the some tips on how to get the most out of it and and not just like placement of things, but setting up the vibe and even just like sharing a space with other human beings.
0: Yeah. That's great. Let's get into it.
1: So I would say the first thing that's most important. So we're talking about a practice space. Dave and I share a space already right now. And we'll talk about that specifically, obviously, but just, you know, imagine you're, you're, you've got a band together. You're trying to get a jam going, you get a practice space that can be in a lot of different things. That can be in your basement or garage. That can be, at a big warehouse practice space like we have right on Carroll, which is a a cool place that has a bunch of rooms set up and oftentimes they are kind of strange shapes. Um, There are a lot of an attic. There are a lot of maybe a, you know, a business somewhere. There are a lot of ways that you can set up a practice space, but I guess let's just focus on sort of the most common way where you kind of like, it's not, it's not a temporary situation. You have a room that's yours and you can lock it up and your stuff stays where it is and you're kind of creating your own, your own semi to permanent.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and just to give a little visual, I, our our space that we're referring to, I don't know, it's approximately, what, 14 by 20? Something like that. That is a
1: very solid approximation. Yeah. It's certainly a lot longer than it is
0: wide. Yeah, so it's a long... It's more of a narrow space. So we're kind of... Um, when we're describing, you know, that's kind of visually what we're going with here.
1: Yeah, and in and, and that room specifically, we have the benefit of some pretty high ceilings, too, which mm. can be a good and bad thing we'll get into. But uh, I think really so let's If we're just going to use our room as an example the first thing you really need to do is kind of assess the needs what Mm -hmm. is it that you're trying to do in this room do you have a bunch of bands that need to maximize space do you have more room to sort of spread out what is that how well do you need to be able to hear each other because let's be honest as soon as you start getting a bunch of instruments in the room it's going to get loud yeah
0: real loud real fast so
1: think about like what is it that you're trying to accomplish with the room what are the instruments that you're going to have in there what kind of players you know are people sitting standing like if it's drums there's going to be need to be some extra space for that yeah, is there maybe
0: a songwriter that you know stands in the middle and everyone kind of works around them or is it more of a you want more of a you know a circle half circle sort of thing if a band is um you know vibing and kind of sharing ideas
1: yeah that's a good point you know something to think about in the very beginning is are you some some bands like to be in in the round and, and looking at each other and in some situations maybe you want to be set up more like you're going to be on stage like I was literally just yeah. watching a video of, uh, the Who rehearsing for their upcoming tour, um, hashtag Dad Rock and uh, actually it was posted by Superior Street a practice space they posted on facebook cool. and and they're in this giant warehouse and they basically were saying like pretty nice practice space but it's this giant warehouse yeah. like padding all over the walls and they're just in the center sort of set up like you're going to be on stage with a drummer on the right to get the idea of
0: what it's like to play it's and for people who don't know it's much different to play in a half circle or a circle with your friends than it is to go do a show and everybody's now facing the audience and you're the drummers behind you and you know in a traditional setup mm-hmm. and you're not um you're not communicating eye to eye like you might you know in a room so it is important sometimes to set up like that
1: yeah and i think you know honestly if you have the room to where you you still can move around and you can set up be set up like that i don't see any problem with it because you always just turn around and look at each other maybe you might have to kind of uh adjust the pa setup a little bit but but that seems pretty optimal to me but because our room is the size it is and the needs that we have we're set up in the round And and that that really makes the most sense for us and by that we mean So our setup, our room actually has two full drum kits in Mm -hmm. it. So those are basically kind of on either side of the room. Which already is
0: kind of unorthodox for, you know, if if a lot of people listening are like, well, why do you have two drums? So, you know, in Chicago, it's very expensive here uh, in the city to rent a rehearsal space. And, you know, so we're not fortunate enough to be able to just, you know, pay for one space. Uh, So we get, you know, what do we have, seven people sharing that thing now? Something like that, which
1: sounds like a lot, but actually I feel pretty good about. Yeah. The room that we have it's still kind of comfortable and you don't feel cramped it's not too with cramped, that much yeah
0: sorry I digress so
1: no on. no there, there is no such thing as digression <laughs> this is, we're just discussing uh, but so we've got the we've got the drums on either side of the room uh, because we have the the setup that we do, we've found that it's best and, and and I think that this has worked best for me in any practice space I've ever been mm-hmm. is to have the walls ca- kind of lined with amps Yes, and and part of that is stacking because we've all got a lot of amps, and these things can
0: be pretty big sometimes. Henry has the most amps. I'm just going to throw that out there.
1: I don't know if that's true. I feel like Johnny <laughs> might have a lot of amps. I don't know he doesn't him that keep well, him the, but yeah, he doesn't keep them the space. Right. Lucky I, for us. Lucky for us. Well, and then as we're sitting in this room, my my home studio right now, we're also surrounded by too many amps. But this is yeah. this is another issue for us. time. It's, yeah, it's I've a whole got, obsession. I've got a lot of amps. But, you know, sometimes, it, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah. I feel like just recently I didn't have that many amps, and then all of a sudden, right. boom, I've got a bunch of amps again.
0: That happens. You go up and down, it fluctuates. Um, you got to keep the ones that are important to you, though. And those are the ones that you want to bring to your
1: practice space. Cause, and those are the ones that you want to stack in your practice space. Yeah,
0: you want to stack them up. And, you know, what's the point of having a nice amp if you can't crank it as loud as possible? Um
1: Yeah, those tubes want to be pushed.
0: So, well, tell me about the your stack of amps. I mean, what are, what are you working with right now? Maybe people can in get there, a visual I've got,
1: uh, I've got on the bottom is a Mesa Roadster 2x12 combo. Uh, on top of that, I have actually a 212 cabinet that normally goes with my old basement head. And then on top of that, I've got uh, an Ampeg VT40 I think late yeah. 70s. I don't know exactly. The new year. edition. I think the it's a mid, mid to late 70s. It seemed, I, best guess, based on internet research, yeah. is 76 to 79. Hey, if you're a VT40 expert, hit me up because yeah. the interwebs scant on information and deep good information on the vt4 yeah and this
0: thing sounds insane it will blow your eardrums out um, it's real loud i can tell you that much but it is and it uh, likes
1: to be pushed and that's the thing i yeah. play it at home at, at, you wouldn't like that amp if you just had it at home because right. when you play it quiet it doesn't sound that good but once it starts to have to work a little bit and you feel that mid-range in your chest yeah oh that's what a pot that is that's what a podcast is for no that's yeah. what a practice space is for
0: and as a bass player i never understood um the whole difference between a bedroom amp and like a You know, an actual, like, why, you know, for me, it was like, oh, you know, you can get some pretty good tones in your bedroom. Like, why have this, like, you could have a huge amp in your bedroom, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Just keep it quiet. And that, but then that's what you're saying. You're not getting the horsepower. That's like owning a Ferrari and being like, well, you got to drive 25 miles an hour. As
1: long as you get to open it up every once in a while, have that badass bedroom amp, but you're probably not going to like it as much, much as if you got to open
0: it up. And that could be uh, an an episode, you know, for a later time. Good bedroom amps.
1: Good bedroom amps. Yeah. Yeah. i i don't know i just i just have loud amps <laughs> yeah yeah henry
0: i'm looking around right now and it's uh there's not many uh quote-unquote the kemper, amps the kemper is here. the best
1: bedroom amp that's ever been made so there's a perfect example talking that, you know a couple grand investment for that it does
0: something like the kemper um does that make a difference if you're really cranking it or if you're just rocking through headphones absolutely not no. see okay so that's a perfect example of something
1: yeah. like that yeah yeah but again you have to have like i've got a uh, headphone setup and monitor setup in here. Right. So, I so then can, it I starts to depend it. on your monitor
0: situation. Your monitor and situation. And, okay, cool.
1: So all right. So you you've got this practice space. Mm-hmm. We already talked about my stack. You've yeah. got some drums and whatever. How? What do you think? Like, how how should you approach actually setting the room up with the people? Right. Like, yeah. what what is? How how should you? What like? Do you want to just everyone go at the same time do you want to like get one person at a time and they're like what's what would be a good way to kind of structure getting people in and out of this room to get it set up right
0: to get it set up yeah that's a good question um well i mean you know we've had kind of the same couple founders of the room since the beginning so we kind of did get to decide in a way like roughly where everything is going to go um you know we may rearrange that again i think you know we probably rearrange it every year or maybe more um, but right off the bat, um, I wanted to go back to having the two drummer thing because oh, yeah. that's kind of interesting, um, and kind of unorthodox and right away with a narrow room, like what we have, we found it best to put one drum set at one long end of the room and another drum set at the other long end of the room so that basically, you know, and I, I've played with both drummers so I can kind of just turn either way. I'm always in the same spot. I never mm-hmm. have to relocate my area. Um, yeah, it seems and to work
1: that I I loved being able to come into that room. And there was already a loft built, which is another thing that I, yeah. I feel would be good to mention. If you have the high ceilings like yeah. we do, you can you can loft it, and we essentially have it set up where over the drums in the the far end of the room, there's a, there's a whole loft set up, and you can store. Because guess what? You've got gear, you've got cases for that gear. And it's got to go somewhere. You've got some merch. Yeah, you've got gear. Maybe you're not using like us. You stuff it up there, and it's off the floor, and everything is clean and nice. Yeah,
0: you really want to have you know only stuff that you're going to be using excuse me uh only stuff that you're going to be using on the floor you know it's it's really nice to um try to get all those cases up there all old drum hair drum hardware that maybe you're sentimental to or something that you're not using
1: or maybe you just found it and don't even remember where it came that happens you know a lot of that literally did happen when i was in there that's why yeah
0: yeah we have you know we actually have a quite a bit of gear that we've kind of that's been discarded you know some drum hardware we were lucky enough that um our drummer was at the space the other night, and right next to the garbage cans, there was like a quote-unquote broken crate bass amp, which would make a fine, you know, keyboard amp or something if you're in a jam. There were a couple amps, weren't there? And there was a Marshall. God, I want to say it was like the MGX 100 thing, or
1: from the same series as my cab. We just did a Is callback. That it? wow mg series dude i
0: can't believe I, that just came out of my that mouth happened. so i'm learning too guys and you can too be sure to subscribe well, we, back, we, call, <laughs> we did
1: a call back to my rig from when i was a teenager the mg series that Cap was it versus, and i think
0: that's so it was a combo what is it like a 112 or something it's, it's pretty, a 112 it's pretty cool yeah, um,
1: 50 or 100 watts I don't remember. and i think
0: someone was throwing them out because the input jacks didn't really work so we kind of sprayed them out and just um we ended up using like the other you know input two and it seems to work fine so you know and one man's trash is another man's you know, a good find. that's
1: what it's all about man i yeah. mean when it comes down to it we're we're doing this our goal i think is to remove as many obstructions to being creative as we can yeah. it's the the goal for me and, and i think for all of us in there is to be able to, to walk into that room and and be able to plug right in and if you're feeling a vibe. There's no barrier to entry. There's no wall in your yeah. way. You can just turn your amp on, plug your pedals in, and you're and you're good to go. Yeah, that's PA's it. ready to turn right on. Drums are set up. It's kind of there's it's this is this is this is the heady trippy part with the, the, the devil's <laughs> lettuce that I wanted to talk it's about. Feels, you know, man. It's like it's it's for me. It, the is is if I'm feeling the vibe and I'm just like, man, I want to I want to rip some some guitar right now. And then all of a sudden I have to do a bunch of technical stuff. That's gone, man. Like it kills yeah. it. And 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 that's the, I think the best part about our space is that we have it set up in such a way that you can just go in there and do that. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to, to talk about was the idea of of gear sharing because, like you said, we've got seven folks in there. So, yeah. like, what's your kind of like what are what what's your uh, philosophy on that?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, obviously, like you know, the the golden rule is always be respectful to other people's gear if if you're going to use it. Um, you know, right now. The specifics of our room right now, the basic is we've got two drum sets, we've got a bass rig, and then we've got multiple people who rent, um, they brought their own guitar amps. So we got like a Vox AC30, we've got Henry's stack that he was talking about. Um, there's a nice, um, what is John's Zamp? It's a um Victoria. Oh yeah. I think they're a local company actually. It's yeah, kind of I think a, they're in the burbs. It's kind of a tweed. Um, really cool. Those it's like a mix between an AC thirty and like a basement. It's it's a really, really cool.
1: There's app. also the twin reverb next to me.
0: There's a twin reverb in there that's also the drummer. So basically it comes down to, you know, if everybody's respectful, we can kind of share gear. Um, but people specifically, I you know, I don't I don't really want you know, if we have a guitar player come who's never been there before to just use someone's amp and expect to be able to oh, use someone's totally. amp. Um, so you know, generally they could bring a smaller amp if they'd like, or we do have "quote unquote" house amps. We do have that Marshall MG series now. <laughs> Got some house so amps. So I think that's kind of where we go with that stuff. Um, again, it's all about you know having a friend come by and not feel like it's a a pain in the butt to show up and and you know bring all their gear and have to bring all this stuff where we kind of want to be ready to play at all times. And that's I, I was going to say this earlier, like. In the heady, trippy part of it, like when I see like a discarded amp, you know, on the side, the first thing I'm thinking is like, you know, one, can I, can we use this for somebody else? You know, can, if we have a, like I said, that create bass amp that's just sitting in there, we might never use it. But I'm like, well, if there's a keyboard player that comes in or if somebody wants to play freaking ukulele through it or whatever, you know. Dude, um, electric
1: uke, that sounds amazing.
0: Electric uke is fun. We can get into that in episode five. Uh, <laughs> there's Uke-lector? plenty to talk about. Yeah, u- yeah, exactly. Oh, that's bad. Uh that was that was wrong. We'll, we'll edit that part. <laughs> No, absolutely not no. <laughs> Um yeah, so I don't know, I was going on a rant there about something, but you know, um uh, being respectful of people's gears is obviously rule number one. And you know, I think it's important um to have a space where, you know, everyone's kind of in agreement that we're not gonna like mess with anything. I'm I'm totally fine with people using my base rig. Um right now I'm I'm using a uh, it's a Mills 15 inch cab, which is a beautiful cab, it's super heavy. Uh, they're kind of discontinued. That's uh, beef. They're, they're on back order like crazy. It's it's from I don't know what era it's from, but I bought it used from some guy, and um, he was basically giving away a four ten too, and I I did I couldn't fit it in my car, and he was like he I remember he texted me like two days later, and he's like, can you I'm moving, can you please just I'll I'll sell it to you for like no. bucks. a hundred no a mills it's the same as same size as my fifteen but it's a four ten and that would have been cool to have that big stack you know but oh. I literally was just like ah uh, and you know you don't want to ship that either like even if I sold it. That, you know, it's gonna be hundreds of dollars.
1: Dude, Uber, like uh, maybe this is pre Uber XL.
0: Just get, yeah, get yourself an SUV. It really was. This, was. this was probably like 2000. And,
1: uh, You're not going to rent a eight. U-Haul for that. Yeah. Which man, that would be so sweet. But, but you do have a, you do have another cabin
0: there. Yeah. So uh, I was going to say, this kind of goes into setting up the room. Um. So my, my, my base rig is kind of next to the, to the drum set on, I guess you'd call it the South end of the, the space. And then I'm running an extension two ten. Um. I have a Mark base R 500 head. And then I'm running an extension to the 210 on the other side of the room, all the way over by the other drums on the north end of the room. So what that does is nice, because when the guitar amps are all in the middle, the drummer can still hear the bass if he's at the north set or if he's at the south set. So,
1: Yeah, and and that proved extremely useful during Mega Jam uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mega
0: Jam 2019. We
1: had, I think, six people
0: in there. Probably the same six people that will listen to this podcast.
1: If we're lucky, that mean, that means we'll get an international listener. What's That's up, Brad? He, yeah, hey, Brad. Uh, but we had two drummers, one on either side. Mm-hmm. Then we had you on bass, and each each drummer essentially gets their own bass cab, so they yep. can still get in those deep chinko pockets. We were,
0: we were locked in, man. And I have to say, um, this is the first time in my experience, aside from like messing around, like you know, you sit on drums, I will sit on right. drums. First time I've ever played with guitars, bass, and two drummers. I think at least in that room. That I can recall. And it was lovely. We sounded like the Grateful Dead, but like if the
1: Grateful Dead had fuzz pedals <laughs> yeah. and I was gonna say better weed, but definitely not. It was, no, we didn't have. It was yeah. it was as
0: good. It was. We weren't as stoned as the Grateful Dead. Um, I don't know. I think there might have been a panic. There a was a few people wall. in there. I, I talked later, <laughs> and uh, you know we can talk about weed and uh, jamming too, but. Um, <laughs> I, I had a few people after the jam who were like, man, that was awesome. And then a few days later we talked and I was like, dude, I don't know about you, but I was having like a panic attack on that <laughs> shit. And I couldn't wait for like the next song to start just so I could start thinking about something else.
1: Um, but the, you know, that actually reminds me because one of the six uh, super jammers was a singer. And, and, and that reminds me that I think, you know, think about everything you said and, and the yeah. way like the, being respectful. I, first of all, that all comes down to trust being, getting, yeah. getting yourself in a space If you're, if you're in a lucky enough position to be in a space with, with good people that you can trust and, and know that even if they're bringing friends in, they're still players that are respectful of gear, understand what's involved. You know, one thing to add to that, I feel like anybody, and it's, you know, obviously we're, but we're buds, like you can use any of my stuff, whatever, but even if it's somebody, if I didn't know them, like it's cool to use my stuff, especially you know. Of course, it would be supervised because they'd be in there with you or somebody yeah. else I trust. But also, there's kind of that understanding that like if you do something to it and like it messes up, like you're kind of partially responsible for oh, that I too. So it's like yeah. you know, maybe blow, blow a speaker or something. Maybe you gotta like get the speaker reconed or whatever yeah. it is. Like you kind of in, inherit. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's a controversial opinion, but I feel like you kind of inherit that responsibility when you're, especially if it's something vintage and, and expensive. Like you know what? If if I've got like my beater guitar sitting there, yeah, anybody can
0: play it right, any right. time. But if it's but your like, Les Paul or something,
1: yeah, right. Exactly exactly there's kind of this implicit understanding that like you break it, you buy it in some ways
0: yeah i agree and i I think it also comes down to you know um you know anybody can use my bass amp i I was kind of going towards that like you know i don't i don't really care i mean you're not gonna not gonna blow it but also you know don't be a dummy and like crank it all the way up just to see like what it sounds like i Mm -hmm. mean obviously one it's not going to sound great and two you know it could doesn't it though Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm a weird i'm weird with that man like um the bass tone you know i kind of keep like i go to gain at like noon and i go to master at noon and that i rarely ever get to like three o'clock on either of those you know? yeah
1: some amps don't i mean it depends of course on the architecture of the amp yeah. but I like for instance tweet amps you know people get those old tweets and they think they hear neil young and it's like oh he turned that all the way up and and like you turn it all the way up and it really doesn't sound that good like it yeah. has kind of a sweet spot usually like three or yep. whatever that yep. like that's, that's where, and some amps are just that way where it's, you find the best spot and you don't want to leave it. And, and we were talking about the VT40 earlier, unfortunately for uh, my eardrums, the best <laughs> spot on that one is at a pretty loud little setting yeah. there. It's not, it's not obnoxious. I have way louder amps, yep. but it definitely isn't quiet.
0: No, that some amps are just meant to be driven. Um, But again, that goes with, you know, if, if they function the best at that level, then, you know, you know, that as a, as a buyer too, you know, and, and if you're going to leave your amp there and, and you trust people to use it, you have to understand that they're probably going to crank the VT40. You know, it's, <laughs> so you know, um, I actually when when you first got it, you weren't there that night, and I was there with some buddies, and we were kind of cleaning a little bit and putting stuff up in the loft, you know, getting some stuff off the ground. And I'm like, man, that new VT40. And my buddy's like, dude, that's one of my favorite amps. Now he also pays rent in the space, so you know, it's kind of that issue where it's like, oh, and he's he's got all, and sorts he's a, of really and he's a crazy awesome gear, gearhead, so, so you trust yeah. him with stuff, and you kind of feel people out too, you know. Like I think that's another thing that goes with sharing gear and all that is you know you you know the guys you're playing with most of the time hopefully
1: um speaking of cleaning i think that's something i'd like to touch on because uh for me okay so you're obviously going to any kind of space there's going to be a lot of gear there's going to be some clutter i mean we're all gear heads that have a bunch of pedals and cables and everywhere but there's something about being in a more sort of clean uh welcoming environment that it just puts me in a better creative headspace and and part of that is just the fact that I think everyone in there is pretty respectful about not just leaving your beer cans and shit and right. all that stuff everywhere. Like you don't smoke cigarettes inside the room. Yep, like just like, one. there's like uh, these like little things. So it, it recently I was in, I randomly went into a practice space. I had to pick up some stuff and there was this, there was just a stink and,
0: uh, and either was it like, can you describe the smell? Was it a BO? Like a it foot? was
1: like a, uh, uh, just a musty basementy, Oh. But maybe some sort of rotting animal carcass wow. in the walls. Yeah. Mold, for sure, you know.
0: Did you get that figured out here, by the way? It's figured out. <laughs> it's it's all taken care oh, of? Oh, it's gone. Yeah. It's good, yeah. Um, Henry had an uh, animal that I think died in his wall. There was a smell.
1: I, and it only we, came out when it rained.
0: Yeah, and I experienced it one day, and I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to be rude. But then he came back and he's like, did you smell that? And I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it
1: had just presented itself the previous rain it was so your experience horrifying.
0: with that smell was that the same smell that you smelled in the rehearsal space uh they were
1: related yeah. which is probably why i'm thinking about dead animals <laughs> um,
0: um so yeah but so it, having a
1: clean not stinky room
0: just so, makes
1: me more creative and want to hang out there longer and then the longer that i'm there the more i'm doing good stuff that i like
0: and let's be fair like some people just stink you know maybe we're fortunate enough to like the uh, seven people who share this room we don't smell too bad uh, do You, have well, you a, put do, in an effort, though. Can you, help, can you help the listeners out there who maybe have a stinky practice space and maybe they want to do something about that?
1: Well, I think uh, it's like you said, just every once in a while, get some of the dudes together and get in there and clean up. I yeah. mean, stuff's going to fall back. Like, if you're spending a lot of time hanging out and drinking in there, like sometimes you're not going to clean up right away, but just next time you come in there, throw your stuff away. I mean, yeah. we've got a fridge in there, so that's one thing. Yep. We've got a mini fridge and a microwave. We've got a are...
0: microwave that, honestly, I wouldn't even use at this point. I think it's from like 2007. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it used in there. Yeah. But, no, me too. I, I think at this point, I don't know what kind of radioactive mold is Well, look, is I'll put it inside. this way.
1: If, if stuff gets real bad for me in my life and at some point I've got to live in a practice space, I'd use a microwave you're in there. You're halfway there, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> if, we had a, if we
0: had a toilet oh i didn't mean you personally <laughs> uh <laughs> we won't get into that didn't you um no i mean uh geez lost my train of thought there yeah if you you know if you, if you can clean up with the guys at least get a few of the guys together you know um i, I enjoy cleaning the space to be to be honest i probably yeah. i'd probably rather clean the space than clean my own you know bedroom or Dude, my for own for sure you know, home studio um so, you know, get in there, get a vacuum. If you've got a carpet, that's a really big one. We had a drummer. Oh, toilet paper. That's
1: another one I have. Always have toilet have paper. There.
0: And you want toilet paper and you want hand sanitizer. Um, Our specific rehearsal space does not have soap in the bathrooms. The bathrooms are pretty bad. You you kind of only go number two if you really, really have an emergency. Um, And you're going to want toilet paper and you definitely want hand sanitizer because I don't even trust the water that comes out of the pipes in that
1: place. Dude, I, I just had my first emergency there. You were there. Yeah, I was, well, I've not been, in been there, been not, there in, not in the, well, I
0: was close. In spirit. I, I saw you leave, and I said, don't forget the hand sanitizer. And and, and I've
1: been in different rooms in that practice space over the last 10 years, and that is the first time that ever has happened to yeah. me. And, and, folks, this is not a place where you want to have to do that. I mean, no. luckily, you mentioned that the second floor had, had a better situation than the first floor. Yeah, the first strangely. Floor, first floor, second toilet usually doesn't work first one doesn't have a toilet seat on it yeah and 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 usually there's what we've referred to as piss river i was gonna say
0: where we came up with one of the best band name ideas ever and then it
1: turned out it was already a piss
0: piss river so shout out to piss river out there you guys have one of the best band names of all time
1: I think it's the best without just hands down any question.
0: Did you look up? Did you listen to them a little? bit? I
1: haven't, but I looked at. A we picture. should
0: check out their MySpace page. I
1: think like. they they looked like they had long hair, but also rocked. I also think if they haven't way.
0: played in like ten years together, I think it's okay. No, just they're they're, they're they're active. Current, they're active. Cool. All yeah. right, good good for them. Hey, what's up, Piss River? Shout us out if you want to come <laughs> on the show. Uh, shoot us an email. Uh,
1: oh, you know, speaking of Piss River, uh, that this is actually isn't speaking of Piss River <laughs> at all. But something that triggered when you were talking earlier, I was thinking about, so like we talked about getting together, maybe having a couple dudes clean up the space together. Yeah. It goes faster. It's fun, right. whatever. Part of it also, I think is just like the, the be, don't be the guy that never brings beer. Don't be the guy yeah. that doesn't bring any left-hand cigarettes. Yeah. Don't be the guy that like, d- you know, just always try to contribute in some way if you can.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of you who, you know, if you're going to rent a rehearsal space, you know, you're going to know the other guys in that space if you're renting it on your own you know henry i play with henry he rents he rents it um but you know we have other friends who we have full bands who who pay for it so you know even if you hear that the band that you know one of the guys is going there to clean up and they ask you to come you know go with you know just hang out you know bring a left-handed cigarette um put on some music on the pa you know make a good time of it you know you can make a whole afternoon out of it get away from the wife and the home for a little while and and enjoy it you know
1: i'm glad you said pa because that that's one thing we haven't really touched on too much yeah that's
0: a big one and huh?
1: and i think that that's of all the things we talked about having being able to share drums that's totally clutch but if you have to if you have to have separate pas that's going to cause some problems i think being able to, to yeah. get in a situation where you can share a pa is clutch and paramount to having an effective practice space set up
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, You know, we had a PA set up in there for a while and we were fortunate enough to have a drummer move in um, who brought the second drum set and he goes, you know, I have a PA, Uh, if you guys are cool, you know, I'd love to just leave it here. And there's no sense in having two PA's. So as long as you're respectful and although we
1: actually te- we actually do have two PA's in our room now, they're just not set up.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's no yeah. point in having two. Just, set up. I just realized that. Could you that's imagine, I mean. like, if you had to move, like, even if you had to switch mixers and stuff, and like,
1: I, I have been in a practice space where people I mean, had sort I, of I separate I get it. PA's, but also the room was giant, so you could get away with it. But in in a room our size, our size, I mean, yeah, that would be just
0: awful well and again it goes back to what we were saying before it also slows down the creative process you know if you have to go in there and unplug all the mics from last night's rehearsal and put them in the other pa because this band isn't letting you use their pa and stuff like that i mean you know come on man like that's that's just slowing down you know even if it doesn't take that long you want to be able to get in there plug in have a beer play and just start you know start rocking
1: out yeah so i what are like what if you were to put together your perfect PA for a practice space. I mean, the I don't
0: you? know the specs of the one that we have set up in there. I think they're Mac. I think it's a Mackie. Oh, you knew the mixer. It was um, no, it's a, it's a it's a Behringer. It's a Behringer powered mixer, but it copied the it's, it's the one they got sued. Behringer Xenix that yep. copies the Mackie Onyx. So th- to me, a powered mixer is awesome. I think I think the least amount of space you can pick up. That's not no. That's not even a powered mixer. The speakers are powered. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, well, so, okay. So, yeah. so either way. So if you have a powered mixer and, and you don't have powered there you go. powered speakers or vice versa, yep. um, that's the best. And I think the other big one is is to have them on stand so they swivel. So you can, oh, yeah. you know, we do that every time we go in there because, you know, from the night before they'll, they'll be pointing one way, switch them the other way and you don't have just to switch Just give a little up. switcheroo. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I know a long time ago we didn't have those poles. We, we kind of just had stuff on the ground and, and then you either just get lazy and leave it or, you know, you try to play around the bad sound you know well
1: if you're in a practice space like we are it's going to get loud in there you've got drums going you want to blast your face with yeah. the pa if you're especially if you're any kind of wannabe singer yeah and and if you have them on the ground you're just gonna gonna blast your ankles which is exactly another thing that i love about our space is that you can't get amps off the ground right and then all of a sudden you're not blasting your ankles anymore you can turn it down a you little turn bit turn it down which is you mean, just get it right in where, where you're gonna want to listen to it yeah
0: i think that's a really big and that might be a whole nother episode, but you know, the, the, uh, the idea of how loud is, how loud does a rehearsal space have to go, you know, and, and, and does it depend on the music? Does it depend on, you know, the amps or the players? Um, you know, I think it's important to, uh, to not, not kill yourself in there. You know, obviously we're earplugs and everything like that. Yeah. You're an,
1: you're an earplug, but earplug it, guy, right?
0: Yeah. I, well, I use, I just use really basic ones. Um, and, <laughs> You know, I shouldn't even, you know, be saying that because I've been playing for a long time and I've probably done a lot of damage to my ears over the years. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's really important to uh, not over, not play too loud because the other thing is you're going to hear everybody better and the, sound, the songs are going to sound better. I mean, when you listen to a record, you know, is it is it just blasting through your speakers like as loud as it can go sometimes? But <laughs>
1: <laughs> if it's worth a shit, man, that was a. Uh... That was a pretty good little, cool, good little convo about practice spaces. Yeah, right there. that was
0: that was a pretty good first episode. Um, I feel like we should have like some little like applause music or like celebration <sighs> sounds.
1: So, all right, quick rundown: assess the needs of your room. You know, what kind of instruments are you going to have in there? What kind of players are you going to have in there? What is what is it that you're actually trying to to accomplish in your practice space?
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I got lost. <laughs> Take two. Uh, um, Well, you know, it's really important to remove the barriers to music making. Um, You want to share gear when you can to keep space down. And, you know, it kind of brings people a little closer together.
1: Make it fun, man. Keep it collaborative. Yeah. Keep it clean. Contribute. Bring that beer. Bring a little bit of that fun stuff. Yeah. Don't be the dude fumbling through Cliffs of Dover while everyone else is cleaning
0: yeah i was gonna say that too you know don't you know when you, when it comes to having fun with people if someone comes up with an idea and they bring something into the table you know if, if it's not your style don't shoot it down right away you know give them a chance to kind of let it out uh even if it's your first time jamming with that person or something um do preach you know really let them let them feel it out man and, and maybe they'll introduce you to something new that you never heard before
1: hell yeah make the space yours you know we didn't really talk about it but Setting the vibe with lighting, yeah. Uh, real quick tangent, even though this is the this is supposed to be the uh the rundown here, I think the the overhead light present in our room could best be described oh god as murderous.
0: Yeah, we have a fluorescent uh overhead. What is it, a 46 inch fluorescent overhead that
1: flickers it, it literally flickers but and it's, it's the coldest harshest bluish whitish light yeah. you can imagine
0: yeah if you're any kind of hungover or any kind of tired or any kind of feeling great that thing will bring you down to another level um, so we've got some lamps yep lamps are really important tapestries are great we got
1: like all sorts of show posters over over the wall we just got based on your old band and yeah. all that amazing artwork in
0: yeah, and, and you know that's another thing with contributing the space. You know, if you guys have lamps, um, you know, if you have cool lights that you're not using, they're in a box somewhere. Bring them to the space. You know, who cares? You know, just uh, you're Dude, not gonna indirect
1: lighting is the
0: best. It's you can't have too much of it. That's the best part because you can always turn certain things on and off, that's right? But you can't turn them on. I've got out all,
1: all those LED strips sitting over there that are going to be making their way back. Yeah, into space. yeah, I can't wait
0: for that. Um, so
1: don't you know? Don't make it. Don't make it too stinky in there. It's going to be some some dudes and hopefully some ladies because there needs to be more ladies in in rock and roll. So keep it clean with your odor or your rhetoric. <laughs> uh, if you know you've got a if you've got a mini fridge, don't leave your old uh, BK Whoppers in oh, there. God. You know if yeah. you drink somebody else's beer, replace it.
0: Please replace it.
1: Uh, one thing we didn't talk about is having some extra cables there. I think. Yeah, is always a good thing. Like if you've got some extra patch cables. and that's Yeah, kind of that thing. comes down with
0: sharing gear, too. I think it's important to, um, you know, you want to have your cables and your gear. And if you like to leave your stuff set up and leave it out, that's cool. Um, you know, as long as you kind of put it away nicely. But um, have some extra cables. You know, if you got them laying around your house and you're not using them, just bring them. Um, a, a really good trick is to uh, put a nail in the wall. Like if they don't care what you do with the walls or even in the loft that you built, um, stick a nail in like the leg, the leg of the loft or some wood and uh, you can hang a bunch of cables from that so that's really nice
1: dude that's a wonderful tip and i feel like there is no better place for us to leave this this episode of the gearhunks podcast than on that
0: on that tip right there all right sounds good love you brother love you too man